make it happen, baby. Hey, hey, when you I'm got not. bars, you know what I'm saying? It don't matter. I got bars. You know oh, you got bars. You got bars. You got four bar for the intro of the podcast. You got four bar for me. Mo, Mo, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Mo, when, I, when I officially when I officially let this go, man, I'm going to let you know another side, man. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Because oh, okay. I heard a preview last I heard a preview last year when we were doing the finals. We had a little freestyle back and forth. But, you know, anytime you're ready, anytime you're ready to drop some heat, let me know. Mo, Mo, like, Mo. I'll, I'll tell Leave you that alone, kid. Leave that alone, I'll kid. tell you this. I'll tell you this. You know the vibes here, it's BJ and Mo. If you're on Spotify, you better subscribe to the show. You know what it's like whenever I spit these flows. But hit up the YouTube, cause I'm trying to make me some dope. When we get cracking, we'll get cracking. <laughs> but we'll save that. Because today, we're here to talk about basketball. Welcome back to the Hoop Genius Podcast. I can't give you all that heat. I can't give you all that heat right here, right now. You guys gotta wait for that. You guys gotta keep subscribing, running up the numbers, get us top of the podcast charts. Then we can touch the music charts after that. BJ, we're back. We recorded an episode about two days ago and um, the recording did not work. Um, internet issues, but we're back here to do it all over again. How have you been last couple of days? Enjoying the Summer League action? What's the word? Summer League. It's been great, actually, to watch. So I'm really, really excited about Summer League. You know, now, Mo, for us, basketball enthusiasts it's a year-round business so we go from the nba finals to the olympics to summer league and in about six weeks mo we're back into an nba arena near you (laughs) (laughs) well well, hopefully i'm near you so i can get back out to the states because i know they ain't touching the uk anytime soon but but everyone's asking me mo when you're taking a holiday mo when you're taking some time off the answer to that is what you've just alluded to. We went straight from the NBA finals to the NBA draft a week later, and then yep. all the trades agency opened whilst Olympic basketball was going on. Right. Now, Summer League, we're seeing... Did you see... Let's just talk about this for a second. Did you see the Miami Heat game last night at Summer League? The game went I watched went a little bit. From I watched, uh, yeah, I watched a little bit of it. I didn't, I didn't see the, 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 the ending of the game, but I okay, watched a little so bit of it. The reason you missed the ending of the game is because the ending of the game was just one possession. Because in Summer League, they have this rule for some of the games. It's called sudden death. It's called next basket win. So if the game goes to overtime, they have a tip-off in the middle of the court and the next bucket wins. So the Miami Heat won the tip in overtime and Max Struess just dribbled the ball up, calm, collected, looked the defender dead in his eye, pulled up from three-point land, splash! And that was the game. And it got me thinking... You know, I tweeted it out and the fans had their opinions to share. But BJ, if that rule was brought into the NBA, that if a game goes to overtime and the next bucket wins, which one player, I think I know who you're going to say, but which one player do you want to have the ball in their hands to get you that bucket? In a must-win situation on the offensive end? Yeah, you get the, the, they've got the ball and it's next bucket wins. So if they miss, the other team can come down and win the game. Wow. Well, I, I would give the ball to Kevin Durant if you're saying if it's a one possession game. Yeah. And, you know, whoever scores. Kevin Durant, offensively, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's the most prolific scorer in the NBA. 
probably he's one of because there's been so many he's one of the most prolific scorers to ever play he's one of the most unique sport scores ever in the history of the nba at his size and what he's able to do and how he scores the basketball so if you're saying there's a one possession game on the offensive end i would say kevin durant i mean i'll take my chances with him playing one-on-one or one versus two whatever you want to call it especially if he has the ball in his hands that's uh, the the answer I went with, mainly because of his height and his length. He can get a shot off in any situation over whoever's guarding him. Um, obviously, we've seen Giannis um, put the clamps on him and block one of his shots in a late game situation. A lot of the fans were saying Dame Lillard, and a lot of the fans were saying Stephen Curry, and quite a few of the fans were also saying Jason Tatum. Who I'm going to put this on record right now, and oh. I'm not saying this because oh. I'm a Soaks fan. Uh, I'm but, saying, but you're gonna say it. But you're gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Don't say this. it. Then. Don't say I, it. I said this two months ago. This season is the MVP season for Jason Tatum. That's what I'm telling you right now. Jason Tatum's coming. You know what? I'm, I'm, not mad at that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mad at that take. I'm not mad at that take. I'm not mad at that. I could see Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum has the ability in the way that the MVP category is trending in today's game. I think he has the ability to do it because he's going to put up a minimum of 25 points a night. He's very capable of averaging anywhere from 25 to 35 a night. He's that good. And he's that capable of a score. Talk to me. Talk to me. Now let's go. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but he's very capable of scoring at a high clip being a very efficient player. He's going to get enough touches without questioning. He's going to get the minutes and he could average anywhere from 25 to 35 a night. And I wouldn't, you know, that I wouldn't be surprised if he averages 35 a night. I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged 25 a night, but I think he is without question in today's game, the way the game is played, especially during the regular season, he is very, very capable of winning an MVP based on his offensive output. I, I agree with that. And so if I'll just expand on that for a second, the reason I've chosen this season to be Tame's MVP season is because I think a lot of the MVP is to do with narratives, right? A lot of the people don't actually vote based on performance. They like to vote on the narratives. Now, when you see the Sirks who all round had a bad season last season, you know, putting him and out of, the, the playing game and then losing easily in the first round when that changes now because of the new coach um the changes they made to the roster i believe the defense is going to be so much stronger than it was last season and there's going to be a huge emphasis on jason tatum not only being a scorer but also being a playmaker so i'm looking for his assist numbers to increase as well so i think when you put all of those factors together if the Celtics go from being finishing eighth to finishing fourth maybe even top three if another team gets something happens to one of those top three teams in the east the Celtics can go up there and Jason Tatum is putting up the numbers to turn around the franchise's season then I think the narrative will be with him the talents with him and you know the style of play that he plays with is also a huge hit with the fans you know so that's my it's my pick have you got a super, super early, almost too early to predict? But if you had to say the MVP for next season right now, I think if it's not him, I think Giannis could go and get a third one. 
because the only reason he wasn't in the conversations last year was because of the postseason stuff from the year before. But that's enough from me. Who have you got? Early MVP. Early. Early. Early MVP. Um, you know, it's always fun to pick someone who hasn't won it, right? And yeah. I, I, Jason Tatum, that's a good pick. I, I can go with that pick. I can go okay. with that pick. Um, I'm trying to think someone who... You know, I don't know how good they'll be, but at some point here, Damian Lillard has to start. He's got to probably get one. He's been knocking on the door. You know, if he gets off to a quick start and they could, if they, I think if they can even just get in the playoffs. Yeah. If he can track that roster to the playoffs. He, he's, because he, look, he's going to probably average around closer to 30 points a game, especially with Chauncey, right? Chauncey is a guard. So, you know, he. Yeah. he, <laughs> did, he did he see his interview today? No, I didn't. Did, did you see so, so he said today, he's like, I don't want to be one of those teams that shoots a load of threes and tries to win it with shooting. So everyone, everyone's getting on, on the internet saying, ah, oh, Dame's going to leave. Da, da, da. But what I think he really means is Dame's going to shoot those threes. The rest of you get those rebounds for the ones he misses or get back on defense. So I right. think he's going to be hit. Chelsea, here's the key. Dame, this is your team. So I hate the high points game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think he, I think he could do it. You know, it'd be fun if you see one of these young players. You know, it would be fun to say Jason Tatum. It really would be. But now that I think about it, because, you know, I'm just thinking about it. You know, I think Luca is probably, I think Luca is probably ready this year. Okay. And the yeah. reason I say this is because Luca, arguably, he, you can argue now that Luca is in the top greatest players in the world right because he can yeah. go back from yeah. international play and the nba yeah like kevin durant like wow that was impressive to watch him in international play and then what he did in the nba there aren't a lot of players who can do both right i think luka Doncic, if you're asking me now that i'm thinking about it will probably be the mvp this year and i'm going to say that is because you know he's coming off of this contract He's it's just traditionally he starts slow, but because he has been forced to play probably a little extended time, that's probably good for Luca. Luca has one of those bodies where, you know, he can, you know, he's not like, you know, he can get out of shape a little bit. He's the pool pierce. He's the pool pierce build. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think he will probably have a quick start this year. He has a new coach. They're going to be highly motivated. And I could see him and Jason Tatum finishing one, two in this year, because it'd be fun to see a new young guy emerge. Right. I think Trey young probably will try to put together an, an, yeah. another season. I think he will be a guy who will try to put together a season to show that it wasn't a fluke. I think he's going to be motivated. So, but now that I think about it, I'm not mad at you for Jason Tatum, but if I were a Betty man, I would say, I would say Luca, I think, I think this I picked Luca last year. So, so here's I my thing. A, with Luka, I thought he could do it last year too. I thought he could, but I think this year, I think he will do it this year. Here's my thing with Luca. I don't know how good the Mavs are going to be. Now, I know they made a change at the coaching level. Rick Hollow, who, in my opinion, is arguably a top three coach in the NBA, um, has gone and left, and they've replaced him with Jason Kidd. Um, Jason Kidd obviously had a legendary career 
as a player, but as a coach, he's really been disappointing at every stop he's been at. Now, I know he's been an assistant. Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. So you saw what happened when he was coaching the Milwaukee Bucks in particular. And I don't know if you've had a chance to read it yet. Uh, This week, a book about Giannis Antetokounmpo came out by the excellent Miriam Fader, who's written a book about Giannis Antetokounmpo. And inside the book, there are are some gems um, about Giannis's career, you know, some stories that have not been told along the way. And the stories about Jason Kidd's tenure with the Bucks have not come out to be too favorable. And you saw the difference in record when they replaced him. Yeah, what was was said? I mean, I read them and... What was said that was like I don't know if it weren't favorable. What what was said? It, it, it was it was more to do with his relationships with the players and the way he treated the players and spoke to them. Um, and you know made them made them feel in terms of being part of the team. And there was I think the one I was reading was about just before Christmas. I think they lost a game on December twenty third, and everyone had booked flights to go and see their families and wherever their families are living. Um, because they lost, he's like basically screaming at them, saying, "Listen." We're going to be back in practicing tomorrow. We're going to be back practicing tomorrow. Da, da, da. Um, but it was just like, it doesn't make sense if I explain it. You kind of have to read it. I'll, I'll tweet out the, the things and send it, but it doesn't make sense when I try and paraphrase it because you have to kind of read the whole, whole few pages. But um, essentially what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to get at is I don't think the Mavericks will be as good this year as they are last year. Do you see them improving? Anytime you have a coaching change, it's it's like having a new teacher or having you know a, a, a new toy. There's there's a boost of energy. You know, the one thing, just like we talk about players improving, I think coaches yeah. improve. Okay, I think coaches improve, right? And I love I you know I remember Rick Carlisle. I remember Rick Carlisle when he was the coach of the Detroit Pistons. I remember Rick Carlisle when he was the coach of the Indiana Pacers. And then I remember Rick Carlisle when he became world champion with the Dallas Mavericks. I think coaches improve. Fair point. Okay. In my era, okay, in my era, in my era, like we practice on Christmas Eve. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we even played on Christmas Day. And that was a part of that culture. Yep. Okay. Now, it's easy for me to say right now, like, okay, the coach is making me practice on Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. Like, you have to read the whole thing. The thing wasn't that you have to practice on Christmas Eve. You have to read the whole thing in in context. Yeah, yeah. so again, I, I... Again, I, I have to put it in its proper con- now today. Like, like Mo, like okay. For instance, for instance, all right. I'm gonna date myself here. When I first came in this league, for the month of October, we were required and expected to go two a days for the entire month. That's preseason. That's preseason. You practice on game day in the preseason it wasn't like a shoot around you had a practice because you weren't going to play the same length of time that you would do in the game so you practice yeah that's unheard of today these guys by the collective bargain agreement they can only go like three days of two a days <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, mo, listen. Mo, 
this is what I'm saying. Like, Mo, I know guys I that just don't turn up. Okay. I know guys that just don't turn up for preseason. They'll just so, turn up for the season. Okay. It's a different time. Okay. Jason Kidd is one of, I know Jason Kidd. I know him. I have a hard time believing that a man who played the point guard position was one of the greatest guards in the history, not just his era, in the history, that he has a hard time communicating with people. Like, if it's one thing, tell me he doesn't know X's and O's. Tell me you don't agree with his philosophy. Tell me some, but you can't tell me that Jason Kidd can't communicate with people. Okay, so... I have to read it. I haven't read it. I don't know it. I don't know the what you're referring to, but I did see. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put it up here. I'll put it up here. Should, should okay. I read it out for you? I'll narrate it for you. I'll do a major injustice to the the written sure. craft of Marin Fader, but I'm going to narrate it. This is just a small. Uh, someone's tweeted out a segment here. Um, let me let me find it. Oh, it's just refreshing now. Oh wow, there's actually there's loads. I can't read out the whole thing. Um, and it says. But the Bucks were struggling, dropping a game to Charlotte on December the 23rd, right before Christmas. Players returned to the locker room, dejected, silent. Everyone was ready for the next two days off with their families. Zaza, kid said, turning to Petulia, but addressing the group. Do you think this was a winnable game? Yes, it was a winnable game, Petulia said. And do you think we deserve the next two days off? Petulia couldn't believe kid had put him in that situation, threatening to ruin Christmas. This sounds like a children's film. Like the Grinch who stole Christmas. <laughs> okay, I, I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm listening here. I'm listening. Um, Petrulia couldn't believe Kidder put him in the situation, thanks to Christmas. Petrulia tried to strike a diplomatic tone. You know what, coach? I understand the frustration. We were all frustrating with this because this was a game that we were supposed to win. We didn't give enough effort, but at the same time, this is a holiday. Christmas is important to our families. It's not about us. It's about our families. Guys have made plans. Kid then turned to Dudley. What do you think? Should we take the next two days off? Dudley, too, gave a diplomatic answer, but Kid wasn't satisfied. See you guys tomorrow at 9 a.m. Whoa, 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 the player said. What do you mean? We're going to have practice tomorrow. We book flights to different places. I don't care. You guys get paid to do a job, so you're doing your job tomorrow. Things change. Practice the next morning was ugly. Kid went at Larry Sanders, calling him a piece of, I'm going to swear because I'm going to take the adverts off my right, podcast, but right. a, a, a terrible player. The team ran and ran and ran like a college team would. I don't think I've ever done that since Jason Kidd, Brandon, that said it was not normal. Uh, players had to finish a fast break drill in 22 seconds, but 27 was the team's best attempt. Um, the practice lasted three hours. Then Kidd made the players lift weights and do pool exercises. Half the team didn't know how to swim, but Kidd made everyone run in the pool. Everyone was so tired. Da, 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 da. Um, Larry Sanders continued to berate, be berated by Kid, being called pathetic. Um, and then basically he he snapped. Um, yeah, now, I'm not going to continue reading it. Buy the book, basically. Buy the book, um, if you want it. But that, that's what was being said. So, you know, people are complaining. I can see you're not impressed. Well, I, I, listen, again, I, I grew up in a different era. I grew up in a different era and I get this era is different than the era I grew up in. In my yeah. era, in my era, whether I was in high school, college or the NBA, it was always expected that I was going to practice or be playing during the holidays. Okay. I, I never came home in college because I was on campus 
and we were either playing or practicing in some holiday tournament. Mm -hmm. In the NBA, I was fortunate enough to play and practice. I was, exp I was just the culture that I was in. Yeah. Even in high school, same. So for me to have made plans during my career, I would have been like, wow, <laughs> that was been very unusual. But I get today. Now, it's a different era. It's a different time. And I understand that. But in my era, if someone would have said they had holiday plans during Christmas, that would have been a very different take. Yeah. So well, I mean, that would have been a different, I mean, and, I, and I'm not here to, I'm not here to judge it. I have been called everything in the book by coaches. That was my error. Okay. Very rarely until later on in my career was I called by my first name. <laughs> okay. I hate you. That, so, so that was the era I grew up in. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. It doesn't even require me to give my opinion about it. I've been called just about, ain't just about, I've been called everything by coaches, some of them Hall of Fame coaches. But that was that era, and this is this era. You do what you yeah. got to do, and you move on. Okay, so, 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 so here's the point, is if Luka Doncic reportedly was having disagreements with Rick Carlisle and not listening to him, not saying that Luka Doncic is a diva or, or however people might want to phrase it, but um, let's just say he likes to get his way. Um, that's the reason my area of concern is the, the clash of personalities more than anything else. And then from a basketball perspective, I don't know what Jason Kidd's head coach is going to be like because he's not head coach for a while, but it was not good when he was with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, so hopefully, like you said, coaches can improve just like players. Hopefully that's true for the Dallas Mavericks sake. But I do not have a lot of expectations. I, um, well, normally what happens, Mo, is this. Normally what happens in coaching and when you make these hires, and this is always interesting, is when you normally have a coach and a coach is either fired or resigns or what have you, nine times out of ten, the team actually does a 180. So at first they want a player's coach. And then when that doesn't work, you want a coach who's going to hold everybody accountable. You want mm -hmm. a tough coach. Mm -hmm. You want, you, hey, now you can put your, this is what bothers me about narratives and, and things. So you can have someone use words and you can say, this guy's a no nonsense guy or this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You understand me? So again, this is what bothers me about narratives and we could take things out of context. When coaches called me out of my name, okay. When coaches called me out of my name, but here's my error and here's my, here's my take on this in my era. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not here is my father, my father, yeah, said to me, when the coach 
doesn't say anything to you, you should be <laughs> very concerned. Sports is a very emotional game. It's a very passionate game. And people are going to say things. But you have to separate the difference between the person, BJ, and the player. Now, I was always concerned when a coach didn't say anything. I come down, make a mistake, and the coach doesn't say anything. That bothered me more than that coach saying, da, 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 da. Because what the coach was really saying was, I expect more from that player. That was my error, though, okay? That was my error. I, I wasn't at that practice. I don't know what was said. Things could get lost in translation. Things could even get lost in culture. Things can get lost in language. Well, the interesting part to note is that December 23rd was the last time Larry Sanders ever played uh, in the NBA. He okay. walked away from basketball. He uh, retired. We don't, or, or yes, we don't know so here. But, but I just want to say, I just want to make sure is coaches always express to me that just because they talk to one person that way, they knew they couldn't yeah. talk to another person that way. You follow me? Like, I you, you you understand. I don't yeah, know I think... what was going on there. You can you can see something and come in halfway through the argument and just hear one segment, but you don't have the whole picture. Yeah. So yeah. I just want to say this is listen, we don't know. I know it's it's in a book, but give us the context of what's going on because we are living, we just saw a documentary where if that's all that another player said to me, I would be like, man, this is great. And that was that. That was my era, though. Yeah. So you mean the only thing that was said was a few curse words? That's it. <laughs> a, a, a little, a, a, a little light sprinting in the pool. That's it. <laughs> hey, listen, that's listen. It? You ain't gonna tell that's me. I don't even I don't even play in the league. I work in the media and I've worked every Christmas day hey, hey, since I Mo, finished school. I, I, so. I will say this, Mo. Mo I will say tell this. Me. I will say this. Mo, I've been in situations where I had to go not one a day, not two a days. I had to go three a days. Three a days. Man, I'm tired thinking about three a day. Okay. And three, I had to go like three a day, Mo, Mo. And this wasn't just for one day. Three a days. Okay. Three a day. This what, was every a whole. Of, week? This was a whole. No, three a day. Three practices in one yeah. day. Yeah. Yes. But how many days in Mo, a week? And this is by a Hall of Fame coach. Okay. Doesn't matter who it was. So Mo, there. I. We all have our stories and can put ourselves. What's done is done. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is, is. When a coach cares, when he cares, I'm not saying you're just screaming at someone to scream. No, that's not it. But when you care and you care about something, you treat it a little different. I grew up in a different era. I'm not projecting onto this era what we did back in that era. You got to talk to these kids a little different. Practices are a little different. A three-hour practice, that's it? We, we had three hours. That was a normal practice for us. That's it? You, you had one three-hour practice? Like, when you said that, I was like, 
damn, like, Mo, I was like, that's it? <laughs> okay. So it is what it is, Mo. I don't know what to say. Hopefully everyone moves on and we can, you know, say, let's look at the situation for what it is. I think he has an opportunity to coach a great player with a great team in a new environment and a new situation. And in the end, when you're a tough coach and you win, you're, 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 you're tough. You're, you're, <laughs> you got all these things. <laughs> When you're tough and you lose, oh, you have no communication skills. I, I th that's the part of the narrative I can't tolerate. You know, I want to um, circle back to something you said earlier when you were speaking about you were more concerned when a coach didn't say anything to you. Yes. Uh, I think one of my favorite coaching moments. You know, um, you know, if I if I do, you guys have the show Mastermind in America. Uh, maybe. It's like I a quiz show, yeah. but it's, it's a, it, I don't watch it, but you know, I'm familiar with the concept. So essentially people come on that show and they have a specialist subject. So it could be anything in the world, but it's a subject that they think they know more about um, or they've studied more than anyone else. So, you know, you could go on a show and you could say my specialist subject is 1990s hip hop from the East coast. Right. And they would ask you all questions about that. Right. So if I was to go on a show, my specialist subject would be the Boston Celtics from 2008 to 2012 because I've studied that team to a different level. So one of my favorite moments that I ever saw was the Celtics were down bad, getting beaten against a bad team on the road. Doug Rivers calls a timeout. Whole team comes into the huddle and he just walks off. He just walks off, goes, pours himself a drink. All the players are looking around. No one said anything. And they knew because he's not said nothing. That timeout ended without him saying a word. They went back on the court, got back into the game, and won it. So I hear exactly what you're saying about a coach not speaking to you being more impactful than a coach shouting at you. But I also feel like it could depend on the players because that worked on that team that was full of veteran players who have been around the league for a long time and they knew what they needed to do to improve that. And the same way, you know, you being a veteran player in the league and having a high basketball IQ, et cetera, is very different to, you know, young players who are still finding their feet in the NBA and, you know, they might not be might not be as, as comfortable, uh, comfortable or confident as some of the older players are. So I agree with what you're saying, but I think each, like each situation requires some sort of different type of coaching. I don't feel like there's one mold that fits all situations. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I, I agree with you. You know, Mo, you know, because I take the game serious, I, I try to be as pure and treat the game with the mu as much respect as I possibly can. And there are different philosophies, there are different leadership tactics, and there are different things. When you do that and you're Doc Rivers and you win, it's masterful. It's genius. Yeah. yeah. When you do that and you lose, it's like, get him out of here. Okay? Now, since I was a kid, Mo, I always refer back to the principles of why I played the game and how I try to respect the game. And I, and I demand that respect back, okay? There's a thing that I carry with me. Every day, I carry this with me. And it says, coaching is about helping to take people places where they can't take themselves. It's no like different that. than parenting, okay? I'm not here to question your methods because each player is different. 
each of your each of your children are different and everyone has their way of communicating some you don't have to say anything they're self-correcting people clearly that was a self-correcting team on the outside you want if I was looking at the game, I want Doc Rivers to scream at these guys. They're playing awful. I want you to da-da-da-da-da-da. Doc Rivers elects to just walk away from them. And to the outside, you don't know what that means. I, I carried that with me, Mo, because I want to respect coaches and the difficult task of coaching. It's, it's a very difficult task. Yeah. And I'm not here to judge what happened then here, but the essence of coaching, I just want to read it again so that our listeners can hear it. Coaching is about helping to take people places where they can't take themselves. I respect it. That's, I respect it. I, I, res, I respect the coaching. I don't know what happened between Coach Kidd and I think it was Larry Sanders, you said. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what his expectations were for that team. But whatever it is or whatever it was, Clearly, he wanted something from that team that wasn't getting done. I suspect it's called winning. <laughs> I suspect because winning covers a multitude of sins. It now, covers everything. Now, the key, the only thing I really heard what you said was we didn't give the effort. I can tolerate losing. Mo, I can tolerate losing. Like if I'm playing and I give my best effort, and Mo gives his best effort, and Mo beats me, I'm okay with that, because that's called competition. But what I can't tolerate Mo from myself is for whatever the reason is, if Mo tells me, well, I didn't give my effort, but I still, see, that bothered me. When you said that, Mo, that really bothered me. When, when, a, when you admit that you didn't give the effort, now I have a problem, because I don't mind losing Mo. But what I don't, I can't, I, I, before every game that any of my kids have played, played in, as a parent, I ask one thing, just give, just give, just give your best. I never say, you got to win, you got to do this, just give your best. Tell That's my interesting. daughter and my son. And, if, 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 and, and what else more can I expect? So, Mo, when you said the team or some of the players admitted that they didn't get yeah, Zaza, not me, Zaza Pachulia, for anyone who okay. could have followed when the you conversation. Said, I, I, heard, I give now, 100% effort every damn day. Zaza now, Pachulia said he didn't give the damn effort. Now, when, when I heard that, I was like, what did you want him to do? Like, what, like I, he, I didn't, I, if you give the maximum effort, what can you, what else can you do? Like, some of my most enjoyable teams I've played on haven't been the teams where I won on. It's the teams where you go, hey, man, we didn't win, but, Mo, we, 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 every night we came out there and did our best. Mo, now you tell me what coach is not going to be like, man, you know what, I'll coach those guys any day of the week. I hear you. It's, in, it's interesting you bring this up because, as you said, the quote you carry around with you every day about coaching. Um, I have a quote. It's, it's my phone wallpaper. It's a quote I look at all the time. It is a quote that used to be on the wall uh, by the weight room in the old training facility in Boston for, for the Sox team. Um, and when I saw it, it said, what hurts more, the pain of hard work or the pain of regret? So that's the quote that I carry around every day. As I said, even though I don't play in the league, I do all this other shit uh, stuff. <laughs> right. 
um you know uh, and that's that's something that you know maybe maybe guys nowadays don't take on board um i was having this conversation you know i just just to keep it moving i was having this conversation with um with some people recently um and they were like they were talking about a certain player and they were like you know so what why doesn't he just get in the gym and and work and you know i was, I was talking to to the players talking to some of his friends etc cetera, etc cetera, and he just doesn't care i'm not going to say who the player is um and and everyone's going to assume that i'm talking about ben simmons Joshua. i'm not talking about ben simmons i'm talking about another player in the league who's signed a big contract but is now just happy with that with that he's got enough money now for his family to be set for generations and him to be comfortable for the rest of his life, et cetera, et cetera. So I was trying to explain to someone that the reason why these guys, LeBron, Kobe, Jordan, and, and, you know, most, most of these top level guys get so much love from the fans is because not every player is doing the three a days that you used to do. Not every player is waking up at 5am to go to their workouts. Not every player is hiring a nutritionist to take care of their body. Some guys, it might be a small number of guys, but they're just happy with ha- how things are. You feel me? So, well, yeah, well, you know, well, the the one thing that I learned as I got older, and I was forced to learn this because of the position that I played, is for me to I I had to learn to see the world from other people's perspectives. And the one thing that I always tried to do with every one of my teammates, right? Some were more successful than others, is I tried to always have a connection with that teammate so that I could see the world from their point of view. It helped me do my job better. It helped, hopefully, it helped them do their job better. And when there's when you have that connection, it makes it easier to communicate and cooperate with people. For me to assume that everyone wants what I want. Mm-hmm. See, that's the mistake. To me, that's the mistake, right? Like, for me to think, for me to think that everyone that played the game wanted to be the very best that they could be, that's a mistake. I used to think that when I was a kid, what's wrong with this person? Why they don't want to practice like me? Once I got older, I started to see that some people play the game because they were just naturally good at it. Some people played the game because they were tall. Some people played the game because, you know what, it was fun and, you know what, just it was something to do. Some people played the game because they fell in love with the game. Some people, hey, they just love to score. Some mm-hmm. people just love to play defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. As you expand your own mind, you don't put on the other people what you do mo loves the game of basketball but it would be difficult for mo to go around thinking that everyone thinks about the game of basketball like he does that would be very (laughs) difficult for you mo whether you know that or not yeah yeah, yeah, it's not healthy that's not healthy it's not healthy for me definitely not (laughs) it's not healthy for me to think that every one of my teammates love the game the same way that i loved it yeah doesn't make it right or wrong you know And that's what I want to, and this is why the game is so great is because you're bringing all these different people from all around the world, their own different takes on it. And what makes a team is when you can actually have the space to be yourself. 
because there's only one thing, Mo, that will connect us all. And that's winning. And there's only one team, Mo, that's going to win every year. Mm -hmm. And that's, just, that's the truth about it. So I think all of these great coaches who've ever coached, whether whatever sport, they all say the same thing. There's winning and then there's misery. And most of my life, most of my life, Mo, I've been miserable because I've lost more times than I won. I've missed more shots than I made. That's the, that's the honest truth. Now, I just want to recall. I think it's the same. Yeah, I think it's the yeah, same. I, I want to recall all of the positive times. The championship years, those were great. But, Mo, I've been playing the game since I was like eight years old. Well, I can count, tell you just about how many times I won the final game of the season. Mm -hmm. It certainly wasn't 40 times or whatever, or however many years I played basketball as a kid in college, pros, and what have you. So when you love something, it's, it's, it's miserable. I mean, mm -hmm. Mo, I, I, I'm embarrassed to talk about it now, how miserable I was and what it must have been like to be around me when I lost a game. I was that bad, that sore. I was a sore loser. I was awful. I cared so much that I was willing to do things like, like why, what, what made me do that? I have no idea. Now I go look back on it and go, wow, I was, <laughs> I, I, it's a little crazy. I hope my kids don't get that gene. <laughs> like wisdom, wisdom, experience. But, I, 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 but if you want to be in the NBA, if you want to be at the elite level, Mo, it's not hard for me to tell who has a chance to do it because there is something in those people with that level of talent that carries them to go above and beyond. And Mo, I don't wish that gene on anybody. It's not healthy. This is, this is the it's, thing. It's, it's very not healthy because it's not just within sports. I think it's within every industry. Now I get a bunch of yes. people every day coming and asking me, Mo, you know, how can I get on doing shows like you? How can I get in a career like you, you know? And I always say to them is, you think you like basketball, right? Or you think you like football or, or tennis or whatever your sport is, but you just like it. I'm obsessed with this to this. Is what people don't understand is I think about this 24 hours a day. Like, you know, me, you ring me, I'm awake at 7am and you telling right. me I need to go to sleep. I don't sleep. I don't think about anything else. I don't take, you rang me the other day saying, when are you taking a holiday? I don't take holidays. I don't take weekends. I work Christmas day. I work New Year's day. And that's what people don't realize is whatever, whether you want to make it to the NBA, whether you want to make it to the TV studio, whether you want to make it as uh, the, the best rapper in the world, the best rapper in the world will tell you, you know, how, how much hours they put in in the studio. So I think that's a, a mentality thing that applies to every industry that you're in and whatever you're trying to do. So you know, we veered off yeah. topic, but this is life. And I had this conversation with a close friend of mine yesterday is he said to me, like, you can't relax. Like there's something wrong. You can't relax. I'm like, yeah, I can never relax. Like I can't take a, a day off because every day I take off someone else working. I've got to be working every day. And he said, what you've done and what you do is pretty cool. Right. It's, it's pretty cool. And lots of people love to do it, but I would never want to be like you in terms of, the way that I work and the way that, I, so that's me doing this with my life, which is nothing compared to 
you guys making it to the league because that would be a whole different level of obsession because you're well, I mean, going yeah. out and competing every night. Yeah, I mean, these guys, listen, I tell everyone who has an opportunity to do whatever you do, just do the best you can. Just do it the best. Just do the very best that you can. I can't ask more. Someone can't ask more of you than your very best. Just do the best you can. When I see people move into this space and in this basketball world, we call it star space, right? Superstars. I always say a little, like a little prayer for that person because I know how difficult and what that requires and the commitment, but more importantly, the responsibility that those young people carry. And you better be careful what you ask for because you might get it and you might get it and you find out you don't like it. Dealing with all of those things that you have to deal with, that's not easy. People will say, oh, well, you get this money and you get this, you're a superstar and you get these commercials. Well, there's a reason only so few get into that stratosphere. Mm -hmm. There's only a few. And that's why I never talk about it. This is why I always say, you know, I'm, this is why when you see players and you see teams and you like, I just appreciate, just do the best you can. But when you see that special generational talent, you go, Oh, wow. Do you know the burden and the responsibility that that young person is carrying with them? And for them to continue to do that and achieve that, that's more than just working on your game. That's more than just grinding in the gym. That's more than just being good. You actually have to work at that on and off the floor. And, and we can apply that to anything in life. If you want to be the very best of the best, it requires a certain level of commitment that goes above and beyond even what you think you're supposed to do to get there. <laughs> okay. So, you know, let's just put a little bow on it. I, I just think, I just always want to respect the game. I always want to respect the people to play it. And I always not, I don't try to be old school. I don't try to be new school. I just try to be the true school. And just hey. that you can pass on and just pass it on from the generation because I want all of these kids today and the kids in the future and the people who are listening, I want them to be the very best. I can't ask anything more than Mo for Mo to be the best Mo that he can be. That's it. And uh, you guys come here for the hot takes on the basketball. You can stay and stick around for the philosophies and the wisdom of life that, that we're hearing today. Um, the, the trouble of trying to be the best mode I could be is I know I've got so many more levels to go every day. I can never be the best mode tomorrow I'm going to be better. And a day after I'm going to be better and a day after I'm going to be better. So I'm never going to stop, but you know, to go back to the basketball now, because that was lovely, you know, talking about the philosophy of, of greatness, so to speak. Um, and there's, there's tons of books that I've read, you know, from all these great people, um, these coaches and trainers and players. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to study the greatness. Has there been any, just to wrap this up, has there been any players that you've seen in the summer league so far that have really caught your eye, that you're excited? Not, not that they're going to be superstars, but who are you excited to see next season? Or maybe not even from summer league. Just who are you excited to see maybe have a bigger role or take a step up? Because we talked about our predictions for MVP. Who's your prediction to kind of get onto people's radar that people might not be checking for right now that you think people should keep an eye on? Well, Mo... Um... 
let's be radically honest here. <laughs> okay, radically honest. As Mo just put, there's levels to this. Okay. This is summer league basketball. Yeah. And and for the most part, the majority of the players who are playing in summer league have never played a minute of regular season NBA basketball. So anyone that walks away and starts to tell you who's going to do what in a regular well, I, season I don't game, mean just the guys from summer league. I just mean in, in okay. generalness of the entire NBA. You, you, you don't know. Okay. And the reason you don't know is because one, the most of the coaches aren't the regular season coaches. The games aren't the regular season games. And more importantly, many of these players won't be playing in the postseason. <laughs> yeah. Many of the so now in saying that, who has who do I think has a chance? I have a I have a personal philosophy. If you play well in the summer league, that means you probably won't be a good player in the NBA. <laughs> all right and it makes me laugh because people say that doesn't make sense every player that i've ever worked with when they play bad in the summer i applaud because that means they're not a summer league all-star <laughs> okay i hate the, the nba game believe it or not is a different game I hate summer league doesn't translate. Now there's what I look for this summer is I look for really two things. One, who's actually trying to win and who's actually coaching their team. Summer league should be about, it used to be about, and I think it always will remain, even though now it's turned into an event about development. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Mo, Mo, think about what I just said. Summer league, used to be should be and always will <laughs> remain about they, they, development okay they, they used to do something in utah they used to okay. do something in utah, utah orlando you know. now it's in vegas okay this is what i'm saying mo mo, mo. practice used to be about dress rehearsing before the game we had a term for guys who were phenomenal practice players we call them am all-stars <laughs> <laughs> okay but those guys couldn't make it at 7 30 yeah but at 10 a.m oh my goodness now summer league is about development so i look for kids who are receptive to coaching and i look for the bodies who can withstand the marathon of a season that's what you. i look for okay I feel you. okay that's what i look for now I, I tell you the players that I, I this kid Jalen Suggs. Wow. I was like, oh wow. Now why? Because physically, he's like a 6'4, 200 something point, 200 pound point guard. You're going, this guy right now is ready to throw into a game right now. And he plays okay. bigger than his size. I've seen him putting putting back offensive rebounds and all sorts. Okay. Yeah. In 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 summer league. Yeah. In summer league. In but summer league. But, but you see why but you see what I see. Most guards, when they see that situation unfolding, they'll just let the shot fall out of the rim. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? That 
the mentality to go get it, even though it is summer league and he's not going to be throwing down putbacks like that against NBA bodies in the paint, but the mentality to want to go and get it rather than just stay on the perimeter where the guy or garden is and watch it unfold. That's what stands out to me. Okay. Like, I like, I like to say, I was like, I can throw him in a game. Yeah. The fact that he's offensive rebounding means to me, he hasn't played in a lot of NBA games. Because if he doesn't get that rebound, I can assure you, John Morant, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> gone. <laughs> okay. So, but it looks good in the summer league. It shows that he's hungry more than anything else. But I can assure you, when he misses one, and the coach has to call a timeout because he is really should be the first guard back on transition defense, he will learn, <laughs> but it looks good. It looks hey, good it's, now. He's showing that he's hungry. He's okay. showing that yes. he's hungry. That's what I now, If you said two or three years from today, the kid I love is the kid Mobley. Yeah. He looks like he could be a dynamite big man. He, You can see he can shoot a little bit. He can run. He's offensively skilled. But – I don't know if you can just throw him in a game right now because I'm saying at his size, can I throw him in there against Steven Adams? Can I throw him in there against Joel Embiid? Can I throw him in there against DeAndre Aiden? Can I throw him in there against Giannis and all of these big but He's not. But two or three years from today, though, Mo, you could be saying, wow, this guy could be an MVP caliber because you can see his skill. I love the kid, uh, Jalen Brown, very active, high Jim energy. Green. Jalen Green, sorry. Yeah, Jalen Green, sorry. We, we already Green. love Jalen Brown. Don't worry. Yeah, we, we, we love Jalen Brown. Brown. Yeah. No, we showing up. Like, Jalen, I get all these Jalen's mixed up. Jalen Green, Jalen Brown. There was Brown, actually Jaylen a Suggs. picture. There was actually a picture of five Jalen's together at Summer League. Yeah, Jalen Rose. Five I mean, I, it's J- so <laughs> Jalen Green looks like he's very active. He can really play. Bucket machine. Now, yeah, yes. He, he looks. Now, the other kid, Kate, I'm really intrigued with him. Why? Because he looked like he, to me, is a Grant Hill type of player. Like, yeah, very versatile. That was the comparison I made before. The yeah, draft. got a got a smooth like he's got a smooth game. You can see he can play the one, he can play the two, he play the three. And I've seen like little pieces of his game in his first two games. I think he's only played like two or three games so far. So there yeah. are a lot of players like that. Um, the kid from Turkey looks like he's interesting. I don't know how big he is. But certainly, he has a innate ability to score without question in the summer league. And I, I can't think of the kid's name, but Alfred Houston. Yeah, the kid from Houston. He very interesting player. Like he shot the three ball, had a little post game. Looked like he got a little footwork. Got nice touch around the rim. Looked like he can run and jump a little bit. Very intriguing. So that's what I see when I watch the game. I just look for what I think will translate. And I think this draft, the one thing I will say about this draft, Mo, unlike drafts in years past, there's about three or four guys who, if they went number one, I couldn't have said a word. I if you it. drafted Jalen Green, number one, okay. Kate went number one. If you took Mobley, number one. If you took Jalen Suggs, number one. I see some really good players. Now, how long before it actually translates to winning? To me, 
you know, we, like everyone else, it's probably going to take four or five years before we can finally say it. But I think this was a very good draft. At least you can see that these guys are very talented. They can do something. And um, overall, I've been very impressed what I've seen in the, in the summer league. As have I, man. It's been fantastic. It's been keeping us entertained, you know, while we wait for the season to come back. There's not long to go. But in the meantime, stay rocking with us here at the Hoop Genius Podcast and stay, stay tuned. I couldn't get my words out. I'm so excited. Stay tuned because a brand new show is on its way. Oh, oh, what you got? That's all I'm going to give them for now. That's all they're going to get for now. They've got to stay ready. Stay ready so they ain't got to get ready. But be ready. That's all we can say for now. We'll catch you guys soon. BJ, thank you once again for spending your time here and sharing your wisdom with us. Thanks to everyone at home who subscribes, who listens, and you guys know the vibes. Till next time, get buckets.